0: but do you think that the slow growth was a benefit or you're just like, no, I wish I hit the hundred K in like a weekend. Like how do you look back on that? I think it's better that I've kind of just grown
1: gradually. Um, I've had my ups and downs definitely. And like I said, I hope we do uh, dive into that a little bit more later, but um, you know, I, I find that a lot of people that just really explode, like, especially if it's just for one thing, um, they'll have their 15 minutes of fame, quote unquote. And then they kind of just, if they're not creative enough to keep it going, or, you know, if it was just a quick little funny thing, you know, they, you don't really hear about them anymore. You know, they, they kind of just either give up and more like, oh, that was it, you know, whatever. Stuff kind of dies down and they maybe get demotivated. They don't have that, you know, that instant push because once you, once you're up there and and then even if stuff kind of, like views and and stuff dissipate a little bit, it kind of gets a little discouraging. So I think the more drastic that happens, it's, you know, that can
2: mess with you more as a creator. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to my social life. This is the podcast where we teach you how to grow on social media by talking to the people that have actually done it. I am your host, Jacob Kelly. As always, today's podcast is powered by TrueFan. Before we get into today's conversation with Arcade Matt, there's a couple things that we need to go over first. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to leave us a positive rating and review, share this episode with a friend, and subscribe to the show. Put a brand new interviews every single Tuesday, and a brand new takeaways episodes and an audio exclusive where I sit down and break down the most recent podcast episode of the week every single Thursday. And now, one other thing that we unfortunately have to go over before we get into today's conversation with Arcade Matt is that I messed up. I'm recording on a different computer than I normally do because my laptop died and my default microphone is not my Blue Yeti. And I did not check my settings when I jumped into the podcast and it recorded the entire interview on my headphones. Now, it doesn't sound awful, but if you've been here for a while, it's not going to sound like it normally does. If you're new here, it doesn't sound like this every week. Um, but my conversation with Matt was really, really good. And I really wanted to put this episode out. You know, And Matt talks more than I do. And his mic sounds great. So that's what counts. Um, but we'll learn from this. You know, I mean, 168 episodes in, we're still making mistakes, we're still learning. Um, Checking the settings, probably something I should be doing every time, but um, I didn't this time and I regret it, but we keep moving on, we move forward. Like I said, the conversation with Matt awesome. The headphones, they don't sound like the Yeti, but they don't sound awful. Um, But I just wanted to give you that heads up. Like I said, Matt still sounds great. And I'm really excited for you to listen to this. Let's get into my conversation with Arcade Matt. And to call Arcade Matt an OG YouTuber would be an understatement. His first upload came on January 4th, 2006, which is less than a year after YouTube released. Since then, he has grown to 1.7 million subscribers on YouTube, 1.9 million followers on TikTok, 800,000 followers on Facebook, 55,000 on Instagram. He was originally known as Matt3756. Today, he is known as Arcade Matt, and I cannot be more excited to have him here on the podcast today. Matt, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, Jacob. I'm super excited for this opportunity. I'm really glad to be here. I'm excited to have you here, man. And where I want to start is, I want to I, normally what I ask my guests is, is who were you before you started creating? But from my understanding, Matt, before and after starting creating, was a very similar person because you've always been kind of like a, a carnival and arcade game enthusiast, if I'm not mistaken. Like I think you were 16. It was your first job at CBS. You were. Putting paychecks in a pretzel jar in order to buy your own claw machine, right? dude. He,
1: you have done your research. Like you, you were nailed. You nailed it, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's spot on. You know, I personally, I mean, yeah, I've always been interested in arcade games and stuff. Ever even before that, um I remember being a little kid and just, you know, there was this old place called Callahan, and it was like a it was a, it was almost like a Dave and Buster's main event kind of place. They had food and games. We're talking old school games, like put quarters in, token action games, a lot of skill games. Um, and it was, it was in a little shopping center, maybe fifteen minutes from where I used to live. And I remember going there and playing these games, like the uh, big hall game where you put the token down, you got to hit the dump lever to dump the truck of coins. And I remember, you know. Learning like a timing to this game, and I'm like, you know what? If I put the coin in at this certain time, depending on where this thing is at, then you know, I have a better chance of hitting the jackpot. And uh, you know, I'm like eight, nine years old, 10 years old, like figuring this out. Now, you know, I'm winning all these tickets, and I'm like, you know, I never thought it would turn into anything, but yeah, you know, I mean, personality wise, though, I'd say I was totally different than what I am now. You know, I was super shy as a kid, and i mean i mean we're talking night and day this is like the last thing i thought i'd be doing with in my life like you know having all these all these people and making content for them you know when i signed up in uh january 4th 2006 it was i just wanted like a site i I was doing like and they're still up to these older videos i was doing like home shopping network class get
0: gadget of the day and
1: yeah yeah and like i just i don't know i always loved like just being on camera and editing and putting something together. And I just wanted a place to upload it. I didn't really care if anyone watched it. If I had like five or 10 people, if I got five or 10 views, I'd have been happy, you know, it's just, it was a weird time where there was like Google video and, you know, there were other sites too that where you could upload videos, but it, it was still that era of like, there wasn't really like a uniform platform there wasn't anything like there wasn't really streamlined even as far as like the editing process you know you're outputting i think like mpeg 2 and now it's just all mp4 and it's super you know more a lot more streamlined but back then it was just like you know how am i what what am i uploading what what, how am i going to get the best quality you know so
0: that's kind of where i was at during that time correct me wrong but you might have had a bit of an advantage at that point because you went to school for for video production right
1: yeah so i went to uh, after high school i went to uh, funny because. I was originally going to go for uh computer forensics, like for, I was like a criminal justice major. Strange. I know. I don't know where this, like, but I was like, I, at the last minute, I remember there was one night I was just like, I, I originally, well, long story short, I wanted to go into like acting and stuff like that or film work. So like maybe both, like maybe behind the scenes and in front of cameras that, you know, whatever kind of took off would take off. But, um I remember just one night sitting, you know, like I was ready. It was like after I graduated high school and stuff, and I was kind of just unsure. I'm like, you know, something just like it was like this thought just popped into my head. And it was very weird, like you know, it was like the it was like no, this is what you want to do. This is what you, you know, want to really do. And it was like filmmaking, you know, camera work and acting and and stuff like that. So i i kind of changed my major last minute because i was going for i believe it was like computer forensics or something i'm stupid so I, don't, I i think it might have been cool nowadays you know especially with how computers are now I probably would have been a good major but um you know it, it i kind of just changed my major last minute i'm like you know i wonder if they have anything that's like uh video related and my uh, community college did have something so I, that's where i started there and then i um after community college, I think I maybe took one or two years off, and then I went for a
0: bachelor's for pretty much media arts, TV, video. I mean, I think it makes sense, really, if you look back on it, that that's what you ended up picking to go to school for. Because, like, I know, I remember, I think it was your dad had the giant camcorder and the first time you saw yourself on TV and was like It was like a moment for you, or like was a record. Your brother, your half brother Josh, I believe, like used to record and <laughs> yeah. playing video and stuff. Like you're always around cameras and stuff growing up. So I think it makes sense that that's ultimately what you went to school for. But I'm curious, since you said you went to community college, you did your bachelor's. What then led to you deciding to focus on YouTube? Because I feel like those are two very different things, especially at that point in time, where it's like you have the traditional route, and then you have this new digital route that you decided to kind of opt for. How come you chose that? Because I feel like if you went through all the work to go, kind of like you were on the traditional path, and then you just kind of took a hard right and went digital. like What led to that?
1: Yeah, so YouTube, I started out just as like a hobby kind of thing. Ever since, even through my uh, going... To my uh bachelor's degree, you know, they was it was really still a hobby then. Um it was just hit or miss if you go back like i it was kind of just like random videos, just kind of seeing what stuck. Um the one of the first arcade ones was like I believe like me at Ocean City, Maryland, just on the boardwalk. It was like a two minute video just trying to win like a an uh Nintendo DS or whatever it was back then. And uh just a real quick clip like potato quality and uh it it was just kind of I didn't really have like a theme to the channel hence the Matt 3756 name like I I had no plans for it to like just be arcade stuff I it was just like kind of like I said just a hobby you know um and I would go with friends to like Dave and Buster's especially during uh my Going for my bachelor's degree in 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 college, and uh you know, we would go on like Wednesdays and stuff with this half price day, and we go and film, and it was fun because like they were fun. They were we were just like it was just like fun. I'm like this is this is gold, cool, you know, like it, just the way that we're you know playing these games and making it fun, and even trying to like win these little pointless cheap prizes out of the claw machine, and we just we just made it fun, and I'm like this is you know, so I I kind of just was like. Well, well, that was actually after. So, like before that, let me backtrack a little bit. So, I I did buy my first claw machine around the age of sixteen, seventeen. It was a full size claw machine. Yeah, I saved money for my first job at CVS Pharmacy. I was a cashier making five dollars and twenty five cents an hour, and uh, I st- I just say I was like, I want to buy one of these machines for my house. And uh, so, I eventually got one. Found a guy on, I believe it was eBay that had one for like five hundred ish and a few years after i got it i made a uh, tips and tricks video on like how they work and you know how they can set the strength and some tips and tricks on how to win at them because these older machines are 100 percent skill because once the operator sets the strength that's it it grabs the same every time now they, yeah there's newer machines and there's a lot of them out there today where you know they can adjust the voltage on the fly without the operator being there and after so much money is accumulated then it grabs you know full strength or they can have it set to random and there's all these different settings but you know there's still some machines out there and the ones that were prominent even when i made that first video were all skill based i'm like yeah let me just put this up see what happens so it it didn't go crazy viral it um it was getting like some views here and there but people were saying like hey i use your tips and tricks and i was able to win this and that i'm like oh that's cool you know so then i had the idea of well why don't i go out to you know, like actual arcades in places like Dave & Buster's or like my local mall arcade and whatever, and uh, show like my tips and tricks live at the arcade to show, hey, listen, you know, I'm not making this crap up, you know, you can't win every time, but, you know, my tips and tricks will definitely help you to at least point you in the right direction. So that's, I guess, kind of where that funneled into, and then, you know, just, I was
0: intermixing more uh, arcade stuff in with my other random YouTube content. I think there's a lesson in that for creators and the fact that like what ultimately ended up working for you in terms of content, you said you're kind of throwing different things up there, seeing what sticks, but like ultimately it was like, what is the most authentic thing to you? And that came back to the arcadians and that's what ultimately ended up working. And I think that that's something that people should realize. Cause I think a lot of, especially aspiring creators, they want to like, they just look to see what other people are doing and try and do that. But really it's like, it's, what do you want to talk about? Cause it's going to be your niche. You're going to be stuck talking with this a while so make sure it's something you like talking about and for you it it happened to be arcades and, and it worked out and so you said that that tips for the claw machine was doing pretty well i get views here and there but do you remember the first video of yours that really kind of like took off
1: you know what I, i'd have to go back it's been so long I, I don't know there were i honestly like and i hope we do talk more about this because I, I feel like i have a very unique story as far as like the whole youtube thing and it's not what you know a lot of people just generalize with youtubers i feel like my story is a little bit different as far as i i I never really had like a video that was just like boom like super viral we're talking like millions and millions of views now when i was you know the ratio now is so much different so like back then and even in 2006 to maybe like even 2009 you know a hundred thousand views was like several million today and same with subscribers like if you had 100,000 subscribers, that's almost like having 10 million today. A million today is like the new 100,000. You know what I mean? If it, Like the ratios are a lot different. And uh, so I honestly, like, it was just maybe a combination of the tips and tricks videos that kind of just started, you know, getting some traction. I, I know a few, and even now, like, they're pushing a lot of my really, really old videos. Like, why? Push my newer stuff, please. You know? <laughs> so it's it's strange but like i i can't really pinpoint i've had some ones down the road once i was full time i know you know my most viewed one i think on youtube still to this day is when i uh got locked inside the big claw machine at the zone 28 arcade and uh you know that one went like that was crazy that was like a lot of views pretty quick you know within like a a year or two but i've never really had nothing that was like boom a million views in a day i had I think I was on trending one time of my whole uh, career, if you want to call it on YouTube. And it was, uh, it was one of the first times I believe I branched out to carnival games, and I won a uh, ring toss. And so that was kind of like, kind of new, you know, now you get, you know, you have other careers doing carnival games and stuff too, but that was kind of one of those things. And I was like, Holy crap. You know, that was, that was exciting. But uh, as far as the arcade stuff, I think it was just a combination of, the tips and tricks videos and then i started the journey to the claw machine series where i'd go out and you know different places and show the claw machine tricks like
0: out in the actual arcade and that's kind of what slowly grew it do you think the slow growth benefited you in a sense as opposed like if you just exploded all of a sudden like you woke up one day with like a hundred thousand subscribers like i know it's a little bit of a different situation but i look at like a charlie d'amelio who went from like regular person to 100 million followers in such a short time period like how do you figure out what to make and who you are and like all this stuff after you hit this growth so quickly so do you think that the slow growth was a benefit or you're just like no i wish i hit the 100k in like a weekend like how do you look back on that
1: oh man well I swear, like every day, I would say the latter. You know, like oh, I, I wish I would have just I, I and I always be oh the captain. So, I wish I there's days that uh, you know I'm like oh, I wish I would just have, you know because I, I I do the comparison game all the time and I know I shouldn't do this as a creator and it, it 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 like gets to you you know you're you're always looking at someone else thinking wow they grew so much quicker than me or they get so many more views than me and it will drive you insane if you you know keep doing that. Um, but, looking back, I think it's better that I've kind of just grown gradually. um I've had my ups and downs definitely, and like I said, I hope we do uh, dive into that a little bit more later but um you know i I find that a lot of people that just really explode like especially if it's just for one thing, um they'll have their fifteen minutes of fame quote unquote, and then they kind of just if they're not creative enough to keep it going or You know, if it was just a quick little funny thing, you know, they, you don't really hear about them anymore. You know, they, they kind of just either give up and more like, oh, that was it, you know, whatever. Stuff kind of dies down and they maybe get demotivated. They don't have that, you know, that instant push because once you, once you're up there and, and then even if stuff kind of like views and, and stuff dissipate a little bit, it kind of gets a little discouraging. So I think the more drastic that happens,
0: it's, you know, that can mess with you more as a creator. And I'm curious, when when did the comparison game start for you? Because like in the beginning, it was just for fun, right? So like, at what point did you start to realize, oh, there's other people and they're growing quicker than me? Like, when did that start? Oh, oh,
1: it it was I a long time. Like, I want to say back when, oh God, I don't even remember the guy's name, but well, Fred, of course, you know, you know the OG Fred. Like, he was, I'm like, oh, my God, he has 100,000 subscribers. I'm never going to hit that, you know. And there, I, it was this other guy. I forget his name. But, you know, he, I saw him with 100,000. I'm like, God, oh, there's no way I'm going to, you know, get that. And I, it, I've i always done that, you know, and I I know I shouldn't. And and no creator really should. But, unfortunately, it's, it's human nature, you know, because we're all on this platform and we're all trying to grow and uh, stuff like that. But, yeah, I remember even looking back and being like, oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> And this was like,
0: you know, decades ago. But you mentioned how like there was a lot of those creators who got known for one thing and just aren't, aren't around anymore. I feel like Fred is kind of one of them. You know what I mean? Like he blew up like doing his like kind of comedic videos. And one thing I noticed kind of going through your videos is like, yes, you, you've you had that slow growth, but you've also, you're still here. You're still creating. And there's so many like people that were creating back then that, that aren't anymore. And I was also looking at like, you talked about how like you've had your ups and your downs. I was looking at the views and it's like, your views have been really consistent you know what i mean like you'll have like they kind of you'll have some like pop up for like hundreds of thousands but then you also have a thirty thousand view video and it kind of does that but it's it's always done that and i find like when you go to like when i'm talking to other people who've been on the platform for a long time it's like it, you, their trajectory was kind of like up and then like they've just been slowly on the decline for the last several years but you've been consistent it's so, like what's your your secret to being able to do that
1: that's a good point you raised because i brought this up with somebody else about people even with more subscribers than me that have been on as long as I have and my theory is you know the algorithm maybe doesn't push channels that are very very old like I signed up in 06 if you go onto my profile it says one of you joined you know and I've seen this on other gaming channels like there's a guy that I've seen with like 5 million subscribers and he does gaming stuff and you know just two years ago he's pulling in half a million million views no problem now he's you know pulling in maybe 15,000 views in a day like you know, that's, I don't know if it's necessarily his fault. You know, there is other stuff at play, and a lot of people don't like to talk about the A word, which is the algorithm. Uh, but, you know, I'm a firm believer in it. Some people don't even think it exists. I've been on long enough to where, you know, you just got to kind of, going back to your question, though, you know, I'd have to say just trying to find like some new things, but still keep the, you know, what, how you started. So like, you know, I did that journey to the claw machine series for so long and it was so successful for so many years. And, you know, looking back, I probably, it probably could have been more successful had I um, focused more on like the SEO part, which is like search engine optimization and like titles and stuff like that, because I would just title my videos and, and they're still titled that way, like journey to the claw machine. Uh and it would make it some weird little almost like how networks do like when you see like an episode of like a cartoon or something and it's up on Hulu. The title of the episode, you know, is kinda just whatever. And I was kinda doing that. I wasn't focusing more on like the if you wanna say like clickbaity titles and thumbnails and like, Oh my MG, I won, you know, whatever and um so you know, maybe that's why it, nothing ever really like exploded. Um but maybe that's why it was more of like a consistent thing. Um, and I think also the, you know, one of my other things was just trying to find like, okay, yeah, you know, we got, I got the claw machine series. Okay. What else can I play? Then I branched out to ticket games. So I'm like, okay, that's a whole nother area I can get into and we can go for prizes and stuff like that. And then once I branched out to uh carnival game, I'm like, wow, people really love these, you know? So Unfortunately where I live, they're only open during the summer, so <laughs> but uh that was nice. But it still kind of ties in with the whole, you know, arcade like amusement industry kind of thing. And then I tried experimenting with mini golf, and when that took off, and I'm like, wow, okay, you know. And sometimes things will take off and they'll they'll stay steady. Other times they'll take off and then they'll kinda just, you know, start peeking down. So you just gotta kinda think of like some other
0: things to do i think but still stay true to like how you know where you came from so how do you determine then when to kind of two prompt question here is like how do you determine then when it's time to kind of start implementing some new video types and how do you know when it's time to cut them is it just a pure like a views and analytics perspective or like is it a gut feeling like how do you know when to introduce new things and take things away
1: yeah that's a good question i think it's a little bit of both i'd say for one and the more important thing would be is if you're getting burned out. If you're getting burned out, you either need to take a break and maybe not do that type of content for a while and maybe focus on something else. Or, you know, maybe kind of look at your analytics, maybe some get some feedback, you know. And, and if people just aren't maybe clicking on your last couple videos that were maybe a certain uh, topic, then maybe try a little something different. You know, it's kind of just an experimenting thing. I think, uh, you know, obviously going on trends too is a big thing to kind of just keep you alive, you know, if you will. Uh, I don't really like to do that. I will do trendy stuff because, you know, it, but I don't like to just use that as like, okay, I'm just going to do trends and that's it, you know, because sometimes there are no trends. Like, look what happened with COVID, you know, there we went through a time where there was like nothing, you know, now we have like the poppets, which have been great for me, you know, I think I think they're cool toys and they're fun and they're everywhere and there's different ones and they got you know food themed ones and they even have them in claw machines now and that's been successful everywhere on TikTok, even YouTube, and like all the platforms they've been successful and they're fun, you know. So, but you have to find something that you enjoy. If you're just doing something just to do it, then
0: you know it just doesn't make sense. And so, then how do you come up with? ideas like for your videos you know what i mean do you have like a formal process that you like whiteboard it out or a journal or something or is it just kind of like on the fly like how do you come up with ideas
1: yeah so before like in the beginning it was just like okay we're gonna go out and film and just see what we can win today you know and it's funny because a lot of things have changed because it used to be especially in the arcade niche at least you can go out and you can just you know play a claw machine for eight minutes and your video would you know do really well now, or you could even go and just play ticket games and just not even like get a prize or have some kind of goal or something. And you can just go, okay, we're going to see how many jackpots we can win and blah, 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 you know, do a regular video. And I noticed after a while, I'm like, okay, you know what, these aren't really doing the views that they were. So what what can I what can I change? You know, I got to have an element to make them stick around to the end. So that's why I like doing the, uh, if a prize at, at an arcade is like mystery boxes, So that's been a big hit. So I'm like, okay, we can still incorporate, going back to what I said before, we can still incorporate the arcade stuff, but now we're kind of going into another niche of mystery boxes. So we win the prize, but then we unbox it at the end. So they get a little bit of best of both worlds. It's a little fresh, keeps them watching, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, now I, I noticed at least again, in my niche, you have to have some kind of like goal or theme or something. So I don't really whiteboard anything like when my friend and i go to film it's just like we're you know i kind of just go to the arcade we see what's there we see what games are there okay what how much i'll think okay how what can i spend how much do i think i can win this for sometimes i'll do videos like can i win this uh prize cheaper at the arcade for tickets and stuff like that so um it's just a matter of like experimenting and just you know finding I I totally lost my train of thought there cuz this no. cat is bugging me. <laughs> this good. cat right here. Oh, oh god. They goober right here. Goober. Daddy's in an interview. i oh, bugging me.
0: <laughs> I I I feel you. I like I've I've had to start locking my cats out cuz like this is when they you don't want them jumping up on the desk in the middle of an interview and I'm just yeah. <laughs> getting rid of cats. So I you I feel you. Like I don't care. <laughs> yeah, and no worries um what was i gonna say so you said that like so a lot of it now is like just showing up to the arcade and figuring out kind of kind of figuring out not on the fly but like being like calculated with what you're gonna do with that video have you ever have you ever had a day where it's just like it just does not go to plan and like you can't use that footage for a video or do you put out a video like that where it's like it didn't go to plan but i'm still gonna release this
1: yeah i i I have them especially with arcade stuff i'll go and like i was at Steer point actually just this past summer I was just there by myself and I was like okay I'm gonna see if I can win this or whatever for 50 bucks or something and I was just not hitting anything like some of the games were malfunctioning and I'm like nothing was just working out so I literally junked that whole video I'm like I'm not even, I'm not even gonna attempt this then I tried something else it was ended up being a really successful video it was I'm gonna just play this pop it claw machine? you know and some other ones and then that one ended up doing well so yeah i mean with the arcade stuff it's tough because like i don't go to these places and i'm I'm like all right guys i'm gonna pay you you know a hundred bucks i want you guys to rig these claw machines make them easier rig all these games like i don't do that that would be pointless it's stupid uh i go and whatever happens happens you know now if we do stage something or set something up i obviously say hey the arcade was nice enough to let us do this because I've had videos where like we put an Xbox in a candy crate, but I did it for a reason. I did it because it was part of like a tips and tricks thing, like a a, a very like funny example of one of my tips and tricks. If you gotta check the size of the prize compared to the size of the claw, and it was this little dinky claw with a big Xbox in it, you know. So obviously stuff like that was set up, but you know when we go, it's just whatever happens happens. Like sometimes you know we win a lot, sometimes we don't really win much. Like the uh, the cedar point video that i just did with my friend like two years ago we killed this one game where we were just you know you you, you shoot this little wiffle ball and you got to knock the cups off the thing i mean we maxed out two years ago like they're like you can't win anymore and then this year we didn't win that game at all but i'm like yeah you know what we're still gonna put the video out i think i won the get your weight game so sometimes i'll put them out but other times if i'm just
0: like yeah it's not gonna work i won't do it it's like how much footage do you normally have for one video, is it like a four, five, six hours? Like how much when you get into editing that video, how much stuff is there for you to kind of cut down?
1: So I'd say probably the average video maybe takes an hour and a half, two hours to film, um depending on the video length. Now, if we and depending on how much money I spend in the video, you know, if it's Dave and Buster's on a half day, and depending on what games you play too, faster paced games. Like, but I'd say you know the length it takes to edit. Well, I actually hired an editor now um but you know i'd say an average of maybe five to six hours just to edit a video you know get it down to around you know depending on the length um but you know shoots is but if you're looking at like carnival videos for example i'll try i don't just go out and just do one video so i I get maybe three four in a day if i can especially if, if i travel further i try to at least get three um you know even like carnival videos i'll I'll do multiple videos that same day so we're just not driving all that way you know just for for one video so the shoot itself is literally all day you know it's not necessarily just for one video that's multiple videos but you know if you you figure by the time you drive out to there even arcades too you know it's usually an all-day shoot even for my local arcades you know we're usually there all afternoon early
0: stuff like that so it's
1: process and then how do you
0: schedule out those videos like if you go to like one arcade and you do three four videos there do you put all those videos out back to back to back or do you space them out so it looks like they were shot on different days
1: yeah so i will space them out usually um unless something's like time sensitive so as far as like a trend or something and i want to get it out sooner than later uh but yeah most of the time i jump around i try to keep it fresh i don't try to just upload all today we're just gonna upload all carnival you know I I try to really mix it. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but, you know, they say you're supposed to, once you find something that works, keep doing that. But I I just feel like that kind of just would get boring, you know? So I'll do, I'll try to keep it fresh. Like maybe we'll do a claw machine video and then we'll do an arcade video. Like just yesterday, I put out a carnival video from the summer. Like I have so much backlog, it's crazy. So I can, I have a little bit more freedom to kind of intermix like,
0: Different videos and try to keep it fresh. And you mentioned you have an editor there too. Was that a hard call for you to make to start handing off part of that process to someone else?
1: Yes, and I'm still glad you asked this because this is such a good question. This is this is probably this year I've learned one thing, and and to any creator out there that is thinking of doing this, whether it's a hobby, full time, or even any, this doesn't apply to just YouTube and making videos. I learned this year that. Don't try and, and cheap out just to save a few dollars or a few uh, whatever. Like, I was getting so stressed because, you know, I'm editing for Facebook. I'm editing it uh, a YouTube. I'm editing the YouTube video down to Facebook to three to seven minutes. Then I'm editing that down to a 30-second TikTok. And then sometimes even more for a 10-second Instagram reel. And I'm like, because I'm, I'm really focusing on shorts now, too. So it was just getting to be so much that I was just getting so overwhelmed, I'm like, I can't do this anymore, you know. So it was tough because I'm like, you know, how am I gonna trust someone that knows, you know, my footage and whatever, and oh my God. And it's I've tried a few people and I haven't really I didn't have real good luck with them, but I was like, all right, this time we're gonna do it right. So what I did was and this is what someone told me to do, if you're looking for an editor, basically anyone to kind of work with you. Well, as far as editing, what you should do is you you have a project, you send Uh, you just, you know, put out, Hey, I'm looking for an editor. Uh, Whoever applies, you send them that project and whoever edits the project, the way you like it best, then you, you pick them. Is basically how I was told to do it. So I did that. And I had, you know, I'd say maybe five, six people, different people. um, And they were mostly pretty good, but this one, this one guy's named Sean, shout out to Sean. He's been amazing. Like, Oh my Lord. Uh, he actually went to the same school I did, I believe the same major too. And, uh, you know, he, his, his video was insane. It was incredible. It was the challenge that I did with the fun foods guy, uh, the TikToker. And we were at Dave and Buster's and, and he just like, he put so much work into this video and I was like, wow. <laughs> and he knew like obviously it's a it's a work in progress you know and i i do revisions and stuff but he's getting so much better to know like what to keep what not to keep and stuff like that and he's just been amazing and it's it's a work in progress but you know that video was so insane that i'm like okay well if he can do this then i know he can tone it down and do this and if i need him to up a little bit then he's capable of that so that's kind of what you have to look for when you're you know, looking for someone like an editor. And uh, it was tough at first, like I said, because I'm not, I, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to know what they want, blah, blah, blah. But now it's like, I haven't edited a full YouTube video and I'd say, I don't even remember when I hired him, three, four months ago, three months maybe. And it's been, I, it's given me time to do other things and it's it's, it's uh, made me a little bit more sane,
0: if you will. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's been amazing. I'm just trying to do the math here. How many years then were you editing your own videos for? If you only just hired this editor and a couple other before, like was it only in the last like year or so you started?
1: Oh, that I was editing my own videos. Yeah, it's been since '06 oh to to literally now. Like I was a I'm a one man show. Besides, if anyone were to help me film, that's the only time that I would have like an extra person, you know. And I pay them, of course. Um, you know, even if it was just a friend, I you know I still give them something. But now I have like a whole. I went like the whole LLC route and then, you know, you hire people on payrolls, makes it easier and more streamlined. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just like editing everything. Thumbnails, uh, are still me. Um, you know, so, but it's still that at least something has been taken on somebody could do the thumbnails would be cool. So, but you know, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother area. But, um, yeah, I mean, ever since I started to literally just maybe three months ago, is just me
0: editing all my videos and i i don't know how i did it to be honest with you. (laughs) me neither that is so crazy that you went for that long like i can't i mean you're still doing thumbnails but hopefully soon you'll get someone else to kind of tackle that for you but um what do you look for in a thumbnail like when you're putting one together like what makes a great thumbnail for you honestly like
1: looking back my thumbnails were terrible like so Mm. terrible you can go back and see like real you know because i didn't focus enough on them you know i i i just you know it, me as a creator i i think creators now can at least learn hopefully from some of my mistakes and some of other older youtubers mistakes or whatever if you want to call them that you know um it, you got to keep them more simple like i know older thumbnails i would try to jam so much stuff into them and i'd try to you know show this and that and that. now it's just i know uh you know i remember reading somewhere that uh or heard somewhere that the max amount of uh Elements you should have in a thumbnail is three, you know. So you kind of keep it like maybe you, maybe like a game, and then maybe like some other elements or like text or something, you know. So I've been, I've been really trying to work on my thumbnails and just make them more simple and more vibrant. I, you know, I I'm a big fan of like very vibrant, colorful thumbnails. So I've been working on that, and just trying to just make it more simple and not as busy. You know, you gotta because if you look at Mr. Beast, for example. Like, the guy's thumbnails are so simple, like somebody in ninth grade could probably, you know, go and make a, a thumbnail of his. There's not much to them, but yet they're so effective, you know? So it's just, I think there's, you got to
0: find a balance there. And they create, I just uh, talked to someone who was talking to Mr. Beast recently, and they said he spends up to 10 grand per thumbnail, which is just like. <laughs> well,
1: he insane. has the money to do it. But yeah, <laughs> because- that's crazy. It is, it's nuts, you know? And you think, wow, how does, I, I don't have that kind of budget yet, but, uh, you know, you have to, and that's one thing I want to, you know, cause we're talking about like, um, hopefully like some aspiring creators will see this. And one of the things I do want to say is don't feel like you have to, you know, go all out You're when you're just starting, Oh, I got to buy this thousand dollar camera and this and that you could use your phone, like the phone, I swear shoots better video than some of my DSLRs, you know? start simple you don't have to invest really anything you know there's free editing software there's free tutorials there's free everything don't feel like you have to always oh i got to hire a thumbnail maker no start making your own thumbnails or maybe find someone that you can ma- you know pay 5 bucks hey hey give me 5 bucks like a friend or something you know don't feel like you have to invest everything just when you're getting started that will come later on as you grow and especially with equipment Cause I get people all the time that are like, "What kind of camera do I need?" I'm like, on the internet, you can go to you know Best Buy and get a, a real cheap little digital camera that shoots video for fifty
0: bucks, you know, or a hundred bucks. Like you don't need anything crazy. No, not at all. I think you're absolutely right. And then a lot of things too. Because if what if you were to spend all that money and realize, oh, I don't want to do YouTube. I want to do a blog. And now you've invested all this money in a camera and all this stuff. Like by keeping it minimal in the beginning allows you to really kind of experiment and play with it. And if you're going to stick through it with gear that might not be as good as what some YouTubers use, that just shows how much you love it. And you can stair step your way up to getting the good gear. And to your point with the phone too, like I always tell people, it's like, you can record a YouTube video, you can record a podcast, you can type out a blog post, like whatever you want to do, like do you have the gear? If you're watching this podcast and this video, if you're on YouTube on a podcast, platform, you have enough gear now to start
1: right yeah and and even especially with you know how TikTok and everything's taken off right now we're filming videos literally on our phone my phone has been used more than ever than it, in, in the past year and a half it's been used more than i've ever used it for you know content creation and stuff like that that is you know now that i hired an editor shorts is the, is the thing that i'm focused on now all kind of full-time you know i'm still doing like you know i'm going out and filming like the longer videos stuff but then once you know my editor edits them i'll take that and i'll edit it down myself into a you know like a uh, a shorter video for tiktok and instagram reels but yeah it's you know it's one of those things that it's just like it's really taken over and the quality's improved and pretty much everyone has them so you know you can it's a great way to get started is just using something as simple as your phone and
0: Good. i think one thing that's interesting is like a lot of these creators now like you mentioned earlier like to learn from the lessons that you and other older youtubers have made like because there's so many people that have have done it now like there's kind of like that path like you can learn from people where it's like you were you and everyone else at that time was kind of just making it up as you went along and like whatever worked is what it ended up working on right like i think that's really interesting is like what are some of the, the biggest things you've seen change over your time on YouTube? You know what I mean? Like right now, like it's all about those super short videos. A couple of years ago, it was like the long 20 minute videos. Like what are some of the biggest things that have changed over your time?
1: Yeah. So like I said, I've been through it all. I've been through the, you know, when they, they forced the Google plus integration, that was absolutely horrible. I remember that. And I'm like, Oh my God, this killed my engagement. My client com- would get like two, 300 comments in a day. And then I went from that to maybe like 40. I'm like, what is going on, here? you know, because they were forcing these people to sign and they didn't want nobody wants to be forced to sign up and then link their account. And so engagement just dropped. And I'm like, oh, this is this is horrible. Thank God they got rid of it. But, you know, I think it screwed up a lot of things behind the scenes. Uh, so that, um, you know, just the overall like, obviously the look of the platform, just how, you know, the creator studio kind of thing. I do like how they simplified things and made the metrics a little bit more dumbed down, if you will. Uh, I don't necessarily know if they're true because it'll say, Hey, your videos performing extra well as usual. And and it's like, well, I don't see that because you know, it's like the views aren't correlating with that. It has good watch time, but you know, they don't really explain why there's not as many views and stuff like that. And the whole thing that with the whole subscribe button now, and then they add the bell and then they add, now you got to click something in the bell. And it's like, you know, that's really lost. I felt like a lot of my audience throughout the years. You yeah, know, I realize that a lot of people have watched my videos, you know, from the start or now, like, in college and stuff, but I still get these people that, that are like, hey, you know, I've watched you since I was in high school, and I'm in college, and I still love your videos, but I've had people, no joke, that were like, you know, I, I somehow got unsubscribed to you, and these were, like, loyal fans. I had this one girl, her name's Allison, she's, like, super duper, she's a great friend of mine now, and, I mean, she was, like, the most loyal fan you could ever ask for, and she's like, I keep getting unsubscribed, and I'm like, this is so frustrating, you know, So the bugs throughout the years have been a very uh crazy battle to deal with and, and super frustrating at times because it's out of your control you know so you just got to kind of adapt and you know that's why i have like instagram and stuff cuz i'll push when i put a new video out i'll put it in my story i'll take a picture of the thumbnail and i'll put like the link that they can click just to say hey listen i put a new video out just in case some of the you know notifications and stuff
0: aren't working and you mentioned the analytics there and how it's become simpler. And what are you mentioned watch time as well in there. Is that one of the key metrics you look for? What are some other things like when you jump into your analytics that, that you're looking at to gauge performance of a video?
1: Yeah, so me, I, I probably look at the wrong thing. I, I look mainly at views. Uh, you know, I know the number one thing that YouTube looks at is watch time and like click-through rate, I think is a big thing too. So if you get a high click-through rate hence why you need good thumbnails, but see this part makes no sense to me. The the whole thing year uh maybe like 4 years ago was like, "Oh, we're trying to get rid of clickbait and we're, you know, we're trying to make it the clickbait not as uh prominent, you know, with uh, we're, clickbait, you know, depending on who you ask has a different definition. <clears throat> to me, it's like a video click on and you totally don't get what was in there at all. You know, there's a difference between exaggerating it a little bit and pure like fake clickbait. Um but with this click through rate thing I'm like okay so you want we ha- you're forcing us to make thumbnails that are clickbaity because let's face it that's what if you want someone to click on your thumbnail you got to make it you know interesting or clickbaity that's what news articles do with headlines and stuff every single day so why are they pushing this click through rate I thought we were trying to get a- rid of the clickbait thing. so some of the stuff they implement doesn't really make sense to me Um, I get the whole watch time thing because before I think it was just views that really counted. views and like, um, you know, I I know like likes and comments from what I hear don't impact much at all. So, you know, you could because you get these people that like make sure you guys if if we get 1 million likes, I'm going to do this and you get that. But it's like you still don't get, you know, the views like they're not they don't they kind of got smart there, you know, because people were kind of just you know but i i guess with the watch time, i figured you know the longer they stick around the more engaged they are but there's all this other stuff too that you know it'll drive you nuts trying to understand it and i you know i've been on for 15 plus years i still will i probably will never understand their whole i don't even think youtube understands the whole algorithm they really don't like it's this beast that's just transformed into like this thing that like you go to ask for help and why is this doing this why is this doing that you know um I noticed when there was a uh, subscriber uh, issue, it was like the number count or whatever. Uh, You know, people were losing subscribers, but they weren't really losing subscribers. Well, that was definitely impacting views because I I noticed it. I'm like, this isn't just a coincidence here. Yeah, it might be a glitch, but it's still impacting my channel and its performance because the algorithm thinks, wow, he's actually losing all these subscribers, so we're not going to push his videos as much anymore. You know, I think there's all this stuff that even the technical team doesn't realize. It's like a domino effect. One thing happens and then it affects all these other things and people are like, well, what happened? You know, I was doing so well and then all of a sudden it's just like my views and stuff were cut in half. So that's been probably the biggest struggle.
0: And, you know, I I don't know. (laughs) I can imagine. And it's like as soon as you start to think you understand how it's working, they put in a new Mm -hmm. switch and you're just right back to square one Mm -hmm. again um that i can understand where that gets that gets frustrating and even with tiktok too
1: it's like you know their algorithm's a little more not predictable but it's a little more easier to crack but you know i have friends that like say yeah you know i have this video with like 80 90 percent watch time and it barely has hit the for you page and it's like that's crazy for tiktok that's a really good watch time you know even 75 percent on a 30 second plus video but, and it's like, you know, sometimes they don't just
0: push. So it's like, why? You know, I don't, I don't know. so <laughs> For you, especially like for you having to deal with this over the last 10 plus years. Um, but kind of jumping back to that, actually, you got partner when it was a big deal. It was 2012, right? I think like you applied for it 2010 and 2011 and then got in yeah, 2012 One time like I got that. denied, the first time I got denied. And
1: then I was like, oh, and then somebody was couple of the people that were watching my videos like no 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 you have to go back and do this and then apply again i forget what i didn't do the first time or something and then i was like ah forget it i'll just you know where i maybe even had to wait like another six months to apply again and then i went back uh i think it was around the end of 2011 is when i got early 2012 is when i finally got accepted as a partner and uh yeah that was when you know you had to apply you had to have you know, all your videos, I actually had to remove some videos, unfortunately, because they were just, like, yeah, I was afraid of, like, you know, copyright material and stuff, so I was like, we gotta get rid of those, like, music or, like, you know, TV shows or whatever, Um but not TV shows per se, but, like, I was on uh, Game Show Network one time when I used to have, like, a call-in thing, and I was, like, I was, like, afraid, of like, even that might get flagged, so I had to remove some of those, but, um yeah, so, like, you know, that was, That was cool. And then, going keeping on that topic, I remember when they kind of just opened the floodgates to everybody. They're like, oh, anyone can monetize now. And it's like, that really killed, like, just kind of every, not really killed it, but just, like, spread it out more. So it was a little bit tougher to get things seen. And, you know, earnings were affected there a little bit because now you have a lot of people revenue sharing as before, you know, the uh your CPMs were def- uh, way different, like your earnings per 1,000 views. So that that definitely had an effect there. But then now I think they're back to where you have to have, like, watch time. Because that was the, with the whole Logan Paul thing. They just don't want anyone, you know, with that one viral video revenue sharing if it's not, like, advertiser friendly and all that nonsense. So I guess it's kind of back to where it was where you have to have, like, watch time and then stuff like that.
0: It's definitely easier, I think, than it was when I had applied. Like the met, like you don't have to have as much. Yeah, no, I think it's like a thousand subs now and four thousand watch hours or something like that. Um, but then, did you? So when you got partner, did you take the jump to full time when you got partner?
1: Uh, not right away. I was still in uh, finishing up my last year in college for my bachelor's. I just had to take some like four classes like math or whatever. And I just have just like this one or two extra classes I had to finish to graduate. And it was kind of taken off, uh, not like crazy, but I noticed around, I'd say it was weird. It was like real, like almost right after I graduated, it was kind of like, okay, this is starting to pick up a little bit. you know, and I was, uh, I was like, all right, well, you know, the first month, you know, you get your first hundred dollars from Google AdSense and you're all excited. You're like, Woo! so I'm like, So, and then once it, it, cause it kind of snowballs, like once you get all your videos into the program, it kind of takes a while, you know? And I think back then, I don't know if they're doing it now, but they used to push and advertise for you. Like YouTube would, I don't know if they would spend money or what it was, but they would actually push your videos as ads. And I remember seeing that the one time I was like, you know, on my own video. And I remember seeing an ad of my video. (laughs) I'm like, oh, that's so cool. But, uh, you know, they would push you that way. And, um. So it kind of took a little bit to get, you know, the earnings kind of snowballed because you had all this older content that wasn't monetized. And then once you're monetized, it takes a little bit. So it did take a while. But then I I noticed like once around like late 2012, early 2013 is when I say, okay, this is getting kind of to where I can do this full time. How long? I I didn't know. So I was just kind of and I'm still like I'm I'm just playing this day by day and I'm like, all right, let's
0: just let's. Let's see how long this goes and see what happens. And it was a few years out because how many, so just for context for the audience, how many subscribers did you have when you went full time back then? It wasn't as many as you'd think. I think it was under a hundred thousand. Yeah. I want to stay
1: like maybe 80 or 70,000. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, um, it, it, it was different because like, You know, a lot of people think like, oh, how many, because I get that question all the time. Like, how many subscribers do you, you know, is is subscribers what matters? Yes and no. Uh, What really uh, ultimately earnings break down into uh, just how many ad views you get. So subscribers obviously help because they're reoccurring people that come back and see your new videos. But obviously you want your videos pushed out to new people too, because that shows that it has interesting stuff like that. Then you get more. You know you'll earn more from that video so um but yes you, you don't necessarily have to have a lot of subscribers to do to, i don't know about now see like i said th- things have changed so much you know that like i don't know i don't know what you could really do full-time from a subscriber
0: number you know these days i think it really comes down to like all the other ways you're monetizing as well right like if you just focus on ad like if you're just adsense you're going to be grinding for a while before you take full time. Like I talked to this dude who had 42K, but he had 2000 patrons. And so he was like at 42K, he went full time because he had enough patrons. So it's really all dependent on like the ways in which you monetize too, I think. Right.
1: Or, or if you do like uh merch and stuff, you know, some people do merch, I, my merch game isn't the best. And I'll be honest with that. And I'm trying to, you know, improve it a little bit, but like, uh, you know, I, I just never was one of those people that just had really, you know, could get merch to take off. Um, So, you know, but everyone's different. You know, some people do sponsored deals. Like I've, I've done a very few. Uh, and unless you're getting them all the time, there's definitely no way that's sustainable. You know, some people do get them like, you know, three, four or five times a month. And yeah, obviously, you know, you don't really need your, you know, a lot as much as an ad, ad revenue, but I guess it just depends on the creator and the niche for that. What are some things
0: you wish you knew I guess before you became a full-time YouTuber.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I'd have to say one of the things was like going back to what I said before was just more about the SEO and just more about uh brand of my channel. Like once it started getting in the arcade direction, <clears throat> I should have uh I should have rebranded from Matt through 756 to something else much sooner. Um I did it very late because i was just like and a lot of people ask this and i'm gonna i'll explain because i I can still get people to this day like four years later here we are however many years it's like why did you change your name i just wanted a name that went along with the content that i do so that people that don't see my channel can say oh arcade matt he must do arcade stuff That's that's what this is about and kind of just to get some new people in so they kind of, and, and more so from a brand sense too, you know, branding is very important with anything, even with YouTube and stuff like that. So I just wanted a nice clean brand name that made sense with what I do, you know? So that's definitely one of the things I should, I wish I would have taken into consideration. Now, you know, you can experiment. Cause like I've, I've went through so many name changes. Like I've had, uh, Lawman, oh, man, Matt 375, like, I've like. i just tried so many different names, you know, and it was just like, I, I just never really thought of like, okay, we just need something simple and, you know, so it's, you don't necessarily have to think about it right away as you're starting out, but it's a good idea if you have, if you're making videos and you see some content saying, hey, you know, some of these videos are kind of picking up, start to maybe think about, you know, okay, what can I maybe call my channel? What can I make? What do I, What kind of niche do I want to get
0: into? You know, maybe kind of focus that way. Does that brand expand? Like for you specifically, when you were focusing on brand, was there anything else you did beyond just the name? Was it like using a specific color scheme or unifying the thumbnails or anything like that, or was it mainly just the name?
1: It was kind of just the name at first. Uh, as far as like, I really wanted to get like a. I this is the longest I've kept my channel avatar with the tickets and the blue background. I think it worked. I think it popped. Cause I would change that all the time too. It's simple enough. And I'm like, hey, that's, that's good. We can stick with that, you know? Um, but as far as like the other things like thumbnails, you know, I, I really wish I would have been more consistent with them. Cause I've tried some things before where I'd put like little Matt three, seven, five, six in the corner of the thumbnail, just to say, Hey, you know, um, this is my video. Uh, some videos, it depends on the niche. I think it's better. Some some creators can get away with just having like a screenshot without them. I found though, and I've been very consistent with this for, I'd say maybe the past almost year is having myself in the thumbnail somewhere, my face somewhere, or me doing something. Like if I'm not in the thumbnail, then, you know, sometimes it does well, like older videos have done well. That's, and I think that's when I was still growing, but I think once you start to have an audience, you just have to find something. Now, like I said, that doesn't, necessarily mean you have to put your face in every single thumbnail it depends on your niche it it might not work for what you know depending on what you do but uh i know with me it was definitely i was like okay the one thing that i can do to keep this consistent so people know that it's me is just to simply put myself somewhere in the thumbnail you know so i don't have to get like real fancy with making like i know i see some people do like borders around their thumbnails which i think is creative um i've tried that doesn't necessarily work it's been hit or miss for me and i think sometimes it can be a little distracting but if you get a good theme going, you know then if people just look at your thumbnail and say hey that's you a great example of this and i don't know how many people know of him is grade a under a guy that does like these little stick figure drawings and he does these hilarious voiceovers and uh he actually had me in one of his videos (laughs) he's like of like you uh videos or uh YouTube channels that anyone could have made. And he actually ended up really enjoying my videos and that super cool guy. But his videos are a perfect example of, you know, he keeps his thumbnails just with the little stick figure drawings. And you know, as soon as you look at it, you don't have to look at the title that, oh, that's great A under A, because you can tell by his drawings. So I think with thumbnails, you know, I wish I would have kind of learned that a little bit more, or, you know, kind of taught myself that of, okay, we just need to find something that's going
0: to say, hey, these are Matt's thumbnails." Is there any other YouTubers you look at that are like, man, they're just doing that thing really well?
1: Uh, Ironically, I don't watch many other YouTubers. Like, I kind of just go on and I'm just like, you know, it's I I do my thing and, uh, you know, stuff like that. But grade A, I I think is a good example. You know, um, he's kind of hit or miss though on uploads. Like, he'll go... He won't upload for, like, a year, and then he'll come back, and it'll be like, uh, oh, I'm, here I am, you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think him, you know, just because of, like, how just consistent his videos are, and I think that's what keeps people coming back, you know, they're like, oh, this is a great A video, so, um I'm
0: sure there's some others, too. I can't really think off the top of my head. No, that's all good. Is part, is part of the reason that you don't watch a lot of other YouTubers back to what we talked about at the beginning with the comparison track? Because I guess if you watch YouTubers, then yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, I I will sometimes go on and watch just to maybe get some ideas. I do find sometimes that helps if I have like a like a, a creative block. I'll, I'll go on and be like, you know, watch, try and watch someone else. and then, Okay, what can I do that they're doing and, but make it my own? You know what I mean? or oh, maybe that's not actually not a bad idea to maybe try something similar, you know, in my business. I'll kind of tweak what they did a little bit. So it's, I, w- I wouldn't say it's it, don't do that, you know, but yeah, for me, it's, it's the whole, yeah, I, it's, it's a, it's a struggle that I've, I'm, you know, I still struggle with it to this
0: day. So yeah, that's kind of why I just, I go and do my thing. You don't have to answer this question if you don't want to, but how closely tied is your mood to the performance of your videos? Oh yeah.
1: It's, I'm trying to separate that more because, yeah, it's, I mean, it's so close. It's it's, it's insane, you know, and I know when COVID hit, I'm like, uh, something's going to happen. I just predicted it. I'm like, something's going to happen. And I noticed, like, my views are just going down. But no, and I'm like, well, maybe just people aren't interested anymore. I don't know, you know, but then, you get, like, I, going back, I get these people that are like, you know, I've watched you forever and I still enjoy your videos there's something that's why I'm saying something I'm going to go back to that a word again that nobody likes to talk about is the algorithm uh you know maybe they weren't and this was what the whole ftc thing and the uh, the kid-friendly stuff um I definitely think that had an effect on us not directly but indirectly because I feel like they were suppressing channels that were maybe on the in the gray area just to be on the safe side because my channel is not targeted towards kids in fact my uh my number one demographic, at least according to YouTube uh, analytics, is 18 to 24. And, you know, I meet so many people in that age. Now, yeah, I do have a lot of younger kids. But then I do have, I have people, you know, older than me that are, you know, interested in videos, like adults and stuff. And um, so I really have just everybody. So my content is definitely not, you know, targeting just kids, you know, it's it, it's everyone. So that was super frustrating when that, uh, you know, kind of. Was happening because I'm like, okay, well, maybe they're suppressing um channels in that gray area. And it's like, but they're not really saying, hey, you have to mark your videos as made for kids, but we're just, a, you know, arcade. Maybe there are certain keywords we're getting flagged or something. I don't know. But that was around the whole thing. that COVID hits. And then I'm talking with the network I was with at the time. And I'm like, you yeah, know, what's going on here? And then one guy was like, well, maybe people aren't searching stuff that they can't go out and do because you know everything was shut down all the arcades were shut down and I'm like okay I see that but on the other hand if, wouldn't they be searching it more if they're at home and they can't be you know so something was something was weird there and, and I've had several years like that where it would dip you know and be like wow maybe this is it you know <laughs> and then it would kind of you know start trailing back up again so it's really like my mood Unfortunately, I I tie my mood so close to my my views and stuff, and I know you shouldn't do that at all. And it's it's a it's a struggle that I I try to work on every day. You know, because otherwise you're going to go insane. You know, and I've there's been days where I've just you know gone into depression, and and it's just you know I'm like I I I can't do this. And I've there was a time where I was just like you know I, I think it's been a rough year and a half for everyone in some aspect of their lives, but you know. I was just like, I, I ended up making a video. I ended up unlisting it now, but it was just like a video of just like expressing how I felt and just kind of like you know, I I just I I want to make the content that I want to make. You know, I'm worried about like what people are saying and this and that, and it's just I I came to the realization that I wasn't uh, I was losing like part of myself, and I'm like that's not good. You know, if I'm not having fun doing this, and I'm and and if I feel like I can't be myself like I was and I, which is how I grew this channel, then that's not good. I, I have to change something, you know, so it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty rough time. um, But, you know, slowly but surely I'm trying to <laughs> crawl out of it and just stay focused and, you know, not worry about hate and and, and stuff like that. And just make the content I want to make and, and hopefully other people will continue to enjoy it. Cause that's how I started. So, you know,
0: trying to kind of go back to that like how have you found yourself again has it just been kind of like putting on those blinders and just focusing on your channel and nothing else really
1: yeah yeah it really has like i've really like even when i go on tiktok i really don't watch tiktok like i'll go i'll upload my tiktok and i'll you know i'll try to respond to some comments and stuff but i don't like being on that app It's, you know strangely as much as i've grown on there it's still (laughs) you know it's too much comparison that can be done uh you know it's just I don't like to get distracted. I'm trying to just stay focused on me right now, me and my viewers, you know, and people that support my channel. That's that's I'm I'm kind of just focused, and I've kind of just put my foot down and said, you know, this is how it's gonna be, and I, I don't want to go back to, you know, how I was, you know, because I it's just I remember because I would I would go back and watch older videos, like I'd go back and be like, oh, you know, something something's definitely different here, you know, and there are times there's sometimes you can tell, you know. Like I was just kinda of having an off day, you know, hey, we're all human, but you know, I like I would go back to my order videos and I'm like, "Man, you know, I I I even saw it." And that's I think when it clicked. Something's got to change here, you know, and we can't can't keep doing this.
0: So, what about like cuz I'm assu- I think your first your first subscriber that ever recognized you was when you had 500 subs. I think his name was Brennan, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Um so you've had people like coming up to you for a very <laughs> long time and recognizing you. So like is there pressure with that to kind of maintain a certain image and always be on, even when you're out in public? Like, do you find it hard to take breaks? Essentially, is the question I'm asking.
1: Yeah. And I was actually just, uh, I told my one friend, a uh, clock here that does uh, other arcade stuff as well. Um, He posts some on Instagram, and I said, I need to learn how to take a full day off. You know, I'm always doing something. And uh, yeah, it, I, it is tough sometimes. Yeah. Cause like, you know, some days I have bad days, but like, I will try and, you know, if somebody does know me, I will try and like you know, because I don't want, I I just don't feel like it that that oh my god what this? I don't feel like they hold on you may have to edit those part, I'm trying to think of how I want to say this. <laughs> I don't feel like it's right for me to you know be kind of uh because uh, like if they see me and they may never see me again you know i this may be a once in a lifetime run and they'd be super excited i feel like they deserve you know for all the support that they've given me you know i can at least kind of you know and I, honestly like when people see me you know it, it kind of lifts my spirits a little bit too so it's kind of like a a two way thing, you know. So it, I I think it's it's pretty rewarding, and I think you know they each person
0: that supports my stuff deserves you know the best that I can give them. How cool is that for you? I think like with people recognizing you and coming up to you, like going back to as a kid. Correct me if I'm wrong, but being interested in the claw machine and arcade games is a pretty niche interest when you were growing up. And so like how cool is it now to fast forward to today where you've built a community of like millions of people that are interested in the same thing you are. Like is that how like looking back at like the sixteen year old Matt, like how cool would that have been to him, you know what I'm saying? So when I started making uh
1: these videos, I never thought I'd have any kind of following whatsoever. Uh it was just an interest that I had. And it's funny because like the claw machine, like you said, is very it's a very specific thing to have an interest in. And it's like, uh I I remember when I was real little, I was like, you know, I'm like and I I feel like I'm the only person in the world that loves these goofy things, but I love them, you know. And I just think it's so crazy that, and it's funny because like my parents and everyone was like, "Man, you're really you're wasting so much money on those, and you're stop you got to stop wasting your money on those and blah blah blah." And it's funny because the one thing they thought I was wasting my money on is not what I do. Have been doing full time for almost a decade now. So, <laughs> but um, yeah. As far as like you know that whole niche and everything, it's just like I it I never thought that as many people would be interested in something that I thought was very stupid when I was little, you know, it's really cool to just, and it's cool to get, you know, new generations interested as well, you know, because I, I remember being that age and just, you know, it, it, it's cool. Like it's it's it just, um, it's cool to share something that I've always loved as, as a kid, you know, and, and get other people interested in it
0: as well. I know growing up, you used to ask your mom, like, what were you good at or what are you supposed to do? And so, what is your advice to the person listening to this that isn't sure what what they're supposed to be doing with their life?
1: So yeah, it's funny because like I I, I wasn't good at sports. I was I was shy. Uh, I still suck at sports. Uh, you know, so I'm like, and and, and she kind of just she, it's funny because she's like, I didn't really know what to say, and blah, blah, blah. but she's she kind of just said was like, you know, you're gonna find it someday. What you know you're meant to be doing and what you're good at stuff like that. And I stay I. I guess my best advice that, that I could tell people is just, you know, um, don't rush it. Like, don't force it. You know, so many people try and force like, oh, uh, you know, I got to figure out what I want to do by this age and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, don't force it. Like just, you know, try different things. If you don't like it, try something else, you know, and it's kind of like I've picked up like even photography and stuff like that. i I've, I've always loved that. And I've, and I found I'm like, I'm actually pretty decent at this, you know? So it's, I mean, and, and some other creative things as well like that, but, uh, you know, it took time. It didn't, I, I wasn't into that as a kid. Um, just, uh, you just got to kind of, you know, just play it, take it day by day and don't force anything. You know, that's, that's probably my best advice. So many people, like I gotta, I gotta figure out what, you know, what am I gonna, it. Sometimes it takes, you know, it took me till mid 20s to find out, you know, like, come on, you know, sometimes it takes longer and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's a quote that I think the founder of KFC, I don't know if he said it or whatever, it was just because I think it's something along the lines of just because it took you longer than someone else doesn't mean you failed. And I'm like, that's a really good quote, you know, because it took, I don't know when he started the whole company. but I'm assuming he was older when he started it. And
0: you know, it's look how successful it is. It's never too late. And I feel like there's a lot of pressure. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, especially now with young people getting younger and younger and blowing up on TikTok and like you're supposed to have it all figured out by a certain age. And it's just like, I don't know if you ever have it figured out completely. Either You know what I yeah, mean? I don't think. You no. like, I don't think yes, you
1: ever it's it's do. It's part of the part of life journey, I think, you know, and I, and you're right. You know, unfortunately, with like stuff like TikTok, and there is a lot of there's a lot of peer pressure too. Because you know, if you have friends, I I can't even imagine being like you know in middle school or high school and having like a friend have an account, even getting like a hundred, uh, ten thousand or a hundred thousand followers, and you're like, oh my god, you know, you feel like you gotta keep up with them, you know, and it's it's probably a lot of like peer pressure because everyone wants to everyone wants to to be seen and and you know. They want their content to
0: be appreciated and stuff like that, and yeah i can't I remember growing up like when I was in high school like twenty twelve point thirteen and like girls would have like four thousand followers on Instagram, and that was a crazy high number at the time, like I can't even imagine now like and like being your social validation coming on how many followers you have on a certain platform, and it's just like I can't imagine what that's like, um one other thing i want to make sure i i brought up on the podcast is it true like through your your content and some of the stuff you've won through like just playing all these different games like you've been able to contribute to like the world food program children's hospital of pittsburgh and the red cross
1: yeah so i do like uh donate especially around like christmas time uh so now i have a, uh some toys for tots videos coming out because a lot of these places will have just the thing that you can go and donate right there you know which is cool so i had a couple videos coming out on those uh Sometimes I'll do like challenges or I'll, I'll do like an end of the year kind of thing where I'm like, all right, we're going to gather all these plush that I want. And we just donate. it was tough. Cause I'd used, I would really like to uh, donate them to uh, my local children's hospital, but I think with COVID now, I don't know that they're really taking them anymore, which is unfortunate because, you know, I, it was, it was more of a personal thing than me like dropping them off and, you know, shipping them somewhere. But uh, yeah, one way or another, you know, I, cause like I want all these plushies and it's like, you know, i i don't I would rather them go to you know kids and stuff like that but uh and same with prizes as well, especially around the Christmas time you know I like to do a lot of uh donation stuff and I've done even stuff like uh I remember a couple years ago mr beast did that uh I think it was team trees it was called and then so I made it kind of interesting you know i tied it in with arcade stuff and this is going back to like keeping your content fresh but you know changing up just a little bit so he's like you know you it was just a website where you go and you can just donate a money amount so i'm like huh so i figured so why don't i so i was like why don't i go to an arcade and for every ticket that i win that's how much i'll donate you know so i went and did like i forget how much i spent like you know i had like a certain dollar amount on my card and then i went and then uh i, I think we ended up raising like 1300 1400 dollars or something like that or maybe
0: twelve. i know it was over a thousand uh for that uh cause so yeah that's been cool yeah no that's awesome i just saw it somewhere and i wanted to make sure i I brought it up on here so people knew like all the the, like all the other stuff you're doing like people might not always see because maybe behind the scenes but i just want to make sure that i
1: yeah and i've done, done you know i try to do like giveaways and stuff too because like i feel it's it's super important to give back to the people that have supported you and i'll probably be doing thinking of i usually do like a christmas giveaway like a big prize you know uh giving away like you know thousand dollars to amazon and gift cards and sometimes i'll ship like a little uh one of those little toy coin posters or those little claw machines plus like a gift card and stuff like that so i'll have like a bunch of winners and stuff so it's been cool it's it you know I, I, it's just a a little
0: way that you can give back to the people that you have supported you how often do you look back kind of on the whole journey you know you've had people that have been supporting you for over 10 years now and like how often do you look back to those those first videos, January 4th, 2006, all the way to now? Like, how often do you look back on everything?
1: I, I'll i say at least a couple of times a year, I'll just take one of those moments and be like, you know, I, I'll go back and I'll look. And and honestly, like, I'd probably just a couple of months ago, I did this. And like I, I was telling you before, you know, I kind was looking back and I was, honestly, I like teared up. I'm like, oh, you know, this is crazy. And then, but part of it was because like, wow, you know, I'm starting to kind of just, lose myself here and I, I i missed you know i i want to be me you know i was it was getting to a point to where i was feeling like eh, it just wasn't enjoyable anymore and and you know t- and that goes back to taking breaks too you know if you don't if you don't take time for yourself then you're not doing anyone any of your followers a service and i learned that the hard way unfortunately you know you really have to take care of yourself it's not a, you know I, I try to be a very humble. uh person but you know if you don't take care of yourself first then you you're not gonna any of the content or anything you're doing isn't gonna show you know
0: it's not gonna be put out to your 100 i have a quote of yours written down here and i want to i want to know what what this quote kind of means to you it's the unexpected people that usually achieve unexpected goals
1: yeah, so it's, like, going back to, like, the whole school thing, you know, like, all the, oh, the popular kids, you know, being popular in school, and people, you know, kids are just so focused on, like, oh, I'm not popular, oh, I don't have many friends, blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, well, if you look back, it kind of, like, you know, the people like Steven Spielberg, you know, famous directors, famous actors, you know, if you look at their backstory, they're very, they were, a, a lot of them were kind of just, like, nerdy geeky you know kids and it, it just and look what they did you know they they didn't let that stop them you know
0: for my last question i'd like to flip the script a little bit so instead of me asking the question it's you asking the question but it's not to me so pretend you have a crystal ball and you can ask this crystal ball any question you'll get the 100 percent honest answer what is one question you want to know the answer to i guess my question would be
1: is this what I'm really supposed to be doing with my life? You know, it's kind of just like a, you know, we have this, I've kind of just been propelled into this whole
0: thing. And, you know, is this, is this what I'm really meant to be doing? You know, I don't know. (laughs) That's perfect. And I, and like, I know I'm not supposed to answer this question, but I think, I think you are, I think like, just looking, like we talked at the beginning, like you're like growing up, it was like movies and cameras and arcade games i like you put those two things together man so i think i mean not that my opinion matters but i yeah i think you I, have, I think it. you're doing what you're meant to do um but i want to i want to give you the floor now before we jump off where can the people find you i want you to plug anything and everything you got right now
1: so uh youtube you can just if you just arcade matt my url is youtube.com still slash uh arcade.com slash matt three seven five six we still have some of the little og name in there but if you just type in arcade matt on youtube i pop up I also have a second channel that I've kind of grown with shorts, but I hope to do more longer content with. It's called Mystery Matt. That's also linked. If you just type in Mystery Matt, that's the URL as well. Uh TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter is all at Arcade Underscore Matt. And uh, if you go to Facebook.com/slash Arcade Matt, all oh, one word, that is my uh, Facebook page. And I think that's pretty much the main platforms that I'm on. Um. Uh, there's like so many now, especially with all these shorts. It's like, I'm just trying to, you know, uh, yeah, I think that's it. So yeah, that's where you can find me. Uh, official website, arcade com. I'll have like, uh, some prizes for sale, some information and just some cool stuff. The work
0: in progress the website awesome well I'll make sure everything's linked in the show notes down below so people can find them but i want to thank you uh i want to thank you so much for taking time to come on the podcast man yeah i really appreciate great. it
1: i appreciate the opportunity i you know i think this is I, like i said you know when we started i feel like i have a story to tell and i if i can help someone you know whether it's with youtube or not or just life in general you know i feel like my story is kind of a little different you know and I, I i i enjoy sharing it because maybe some people can relate you know
0: well i appreciate being willing to to share it on, on the podcast and i definitely think there'll be multiple people who've listened to this that that have taken some things away for sure oh so, yeah yeah they'll love it and like, i'll share it wherever so i think i appreciate I it really cool yeah thank you so much and thank you again like i said for the time Um, And thank you to everyone that's listened or watched to this podcast. Whether you listen the entire way through or you only listen to bits and pieces, I really appreciate taking time to check this out. Everyone, do me a big favor: go and subscribe to Math Channel. Go and follow him on TikTok. Go and follow him everywhere. Like I said, everything will be linked in the show notes down below. So thank you, I appreciate it. it. Oh, my pleasure. And my
1: guys, my goobers, make sure you follow Jacob. Uh, You have to send me your stuff too, so I can
0: definitely. Yeah, 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 everyone, if they might be interested in that. Yeah, if you want to find me on social media. I'm at the Jacob Kelly ever, on every social platform. Feel free to come and say hello. My DMs are always open. As always, today's podcast is powered by True Fan. Thank you once again for listening, everybody. We'll talk soon.